Good morning. Welcome to our 1130 service. Beautiful music today. So I'm going to invite you to just drop into that inner world that we can live in at times. I'll sound our gong. And someone, we, someone walked off with my gong sounder a couple weeks ago. And someone actually uh, made a new gong sounder for me. So whatever, this mallet. We get to try it out today for the first time. So I'm pretty excited about that. But anyway, to invite you just simply, if you're comfortable closing your eyes and just dropping in, and then I will, I will sing a song that is really a prayer, and then also share a prayer with you today. very room there's quite enough love for all the world and in this very room there's quite enough joy for all the world and there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear For spirit, one spirit is in this very room, in this very room, in this very room. And so I invite you, as well as myself, to just take a moment and take a mindful breath. And perhaps one more to just ground yourself in this moment energetically. And so I know in that setting of an intention collectively to be present, to ground our energy down through our feet into this beautiful earth, shifts and changes everything. It is a way to kinesthetically welcome and open to this divine presence, this vibration of the Most High, this principle of the divine. This spirit, this loving spirit, father, mother, both male and female. And so what I know in this moment is that life is perfect, that you and I are individualized expressions of that life, which would then follow that we are perfect. There's an aliveness within each and every one of us that is divine perfection that can never be harmed in any way, diminished in any way, that is always there. And so in that aliveness, in this moment, as we tap into that, what I know and affirm is that the words spoken today, the music sung today are part of this, but also for you to live in that inner world and open to the guidance, the direction, the inspiration, the forgiveness, whatever it may be, that there's something informing you as well and working in and through and as you this day. So we stand in that divine connection, that unbroken connection that so beautifully and wonderfully is alive and dynamic and working for us. Something is working through me, through you in this moment. But only if we ask and only if we're clear about that invitation. So I celebrate the clarity that continues to emerge for myself and for you and for anyone else that stands in the influence and the agreement of these words. 
With that said, I release these words in gratitude and appreciation, knowing that they continue to amplify and build in every good way, every breath and every step that we take to eternity. For this I give thanks. I release these words, and together we say, and so it is. All right. Beautiful. Well, good morning. Good morning, good morning. It just seems darker in here. We just did this, and it was lighter last time we did it, so... Whatever's happening, we'll we'll carry on anyway. So today we're launching a new book. It's called The Abundance Book by John Randolph Price. It's a wonderful little book that we have them in our bookstore. They are uh, uh, available $7 plus GST. So, I mean, I parked downtown Edmonton last week, and it cost me more than 7 bucks just to park for three hours. So just telling you, it's a bargain, and it's a wonderful book, and I'm going to roll some of that into what we have to share today about uh, this new month, this Abundance Month. Because abundance is a, is, a, is a vast and deep and wonderful um, experience. And it's not simply about finances. It's about a quality of life and a quality of being. So John Reynolds Price, The Abundance Book, he gives a history, a bit, little bit of a history in there of, of the journey of consciousness and where things sort of closed down and opened up and, and our opportunities within that. And um, as part of our tradition, drawing upon many of the, the world's ancient wisdom teachings. So three focuses today that I want to flesh out with you. One is the, the power of ideas. Ideas are, are, are so precious and golden, and I want to talk about that a bit and, and how that weaves into our spiritual development and, and why um, that can be such a potent touchstone for all of us. So the power of ideas. Then I want to move to the power of clear intention and our asking. So the power of the idea, then the power of the clear intention, and the power of the ask along with that clear intention, and then living from our true nature. So those are the three areas that I want to touch on and share with you today. John Randolph Price writes in the Abundance book, the state of mind to live in abundance is love, gentleness, and peace. Love, gentleness, and peace. Isn't it interesting? Last month, I used Ernest Holmes for the last couple of months, and he always talks about prayer and how prayer can be effective, but it starts from a calm manner. And I'm, I don't think it's an, an accident that also that John Randolph Price is talking about a state of being, love, gentleness, and peace. So powers of ideas. Ideas are seeds, basically. And, we, and we, we get to download these ideas and plant those seeds if we're paying attention, if we're awake and aware. So if we look around, I mean, if we look around and we're here, we're, it's this uh, period of time where we're remembrance, and I had my poppies that's in my other vehicle. I was going to put my poppy on today, but thank you for wearing your poppies. But we live in this beautiful country. We live in Canada. Laura and I are immigrants to Canada. We're learning how to speak the language every day better. Poutine is now part of our, our vocabulary, which we didn't even know poutine exists before we came here. But we love being part of this country, and we love being citizens here. But... When Canada was founded, there was an idea. Somebody had an idea, and a group of people came together, and they came up with this Articles of the Constitution. And they took a piece of paper from those ideas, and they started writing and crafting it. And in that collaboration, they came up with the things that, would, that this country would stand for, and what would be some of the opportunities, and one of the, some of the values and principles. But it all came from ideas. It all came from working with those things. And it's so simple to look at. But, I mean, if we look at this, look at this music stand. This music stand was an idea in somebody's mind. And then they drew it, and then they probably built a, a prototype, maybe out of cardboard or something, and then, they, and then they took it to a manufacturer and said, this is what we want. This is the degree of angle we need on it to hold the, 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 the paper properly, all that stuff. If Anybody here wearing shoes besides me? 
Every, every, the shoes that we wear, they were an idea at, somebody's, at some point in time that then became a design that was drawn. And then, of course, so we see ideas everywhere we are. Everything that we touch, the chairs we sit in, the platform that I stand on, all ideas that someone created. So Oliver Wendell Holmes said this. He said, a mind that has been stretched to a new idea, a mind that has been stretched to a new idea will never go back to its old condition. So isn't that interesting? Because once we're awake and we've moved in a certain direction and, and, and really around our own commitment and devotion to it, we can't go back quite as we were before to the old condition. We can forget sometimes and think we're back there. But really, it's, it, this is the ongoing nature of it. Jesus, the great teacher, he said it in another way. He said, you cannot put new wine into old wineskins. Anybody um, create their wine in wineskins? Probably not. But the idea is that when you have new, a new batch of wine and you put it into an old wineskin, what happens? What, wine ferments. What happens when it ferments? It expands. And so what will happen with the wine, you'll lose the wine and the wineskin because it'll, it'll explode. So we always put the new wine into a new wineskin so that there's a, there's a flexibility to it so it can hold. Now, Jesus was not talking about uh, making wine. He was talking about consciousness. His whole, all of his work, his ministry was around consciousness. So the expansion of consciousness. So a new idea put into an old consciousness is not going to have a, pl- a place to grow and expand. Is the metaphor there. Einstein said it. We've got it right on the wall there. You cannot solve a problem at the same level of consciousness with which it was created. Just can't. And that's why those higher ideas are important. So the power of ideas can take us there. Myrtle Fillmore, she was the wife of Charles Fillmore, founded the Unity Movement in Lee Summit, Missouri. And as a young woman, she was diagnosed with tuberculosis. And it's a beautiful campus. I've been there, the the Unity School of Christianity, it's called. But she went to a a lecture by Dr. E.B. Weeks, who was a metaphysical minister and teacher from Chicago. And she met him. And as a result of that, she got a hold of a new idea and a new possibility for her. And she came away with this idea that she, she nurtured. She said, I'm a child of God, therefore I do not inherit sickness. Because her whole family had suffered from this. And at that point in time, this was back in the, the early 1800s. At that point in time, there was no cure for tuberculosis. But over time, working with that idea, she embodied a new con- consciousness, a new container, a new wineskin. And the, the tuberculosis went into remission. So to embody a new idea, it takes time. It takes time to download the new ideas and to, to capture them and then implement them in our lives. It just does. Because what happens, too, is we have to make room for the new idea. So many times we have to lovingly re- release what no longer serves us. It's part of the evolution. It's part of that, that journey in consciousness so that we can build the, the container to hold the prototype. And making room in love, gentleness, and peace, as John Randolph Price recommends. But in a world where so much is happening and it feels like there's so much to do, and it's, it's, easy, to for, it's easy to force and feel like it's one more thing that we've got to push. When in fact it's one more thing to receive and allow. We must let go of an old idea to embrace a new one. So I want to move now to the power of clear intention and the clear ask. Because we'll have an idea, and then what do we do with it? 
because it's ours to work with and it works through us. Something powerful and beautiful can work through us and the more we become available to that, I think that we, we participate more clearly in co-creation. So this is a, a little story about the power of clear intention and the power of the ask. Asking for what it is that we know is ours to do or to move in the direction or maybe it's a question of what is mine to do? What is mine to, to be? So this is a, from um, Dr. Roger Teal's book. He's the senior minister at the Mile High Church in, in Denver. And it's called, This Life is Joy. And he wrote this, called, it's called The Experience. And it's from the chapter, This Idea is Substance. So, a new sidewalk. Years ago, I was told about a, a fascinating article published in a major newspaper. It interviewed a man well advanced in age. He'd been living in the same little house in that city for many decades. He told a reporter that one day he stood out in front, uh, on his front porch and surveyed his humble property. He became troubled by the condition of the sidewalks running along both the, f- the street in front of his home and the one extending up to his porch. The concrete was crumbling badly and weeds were growing through the cracks. He realized that these walkways were a significant hazard, so the man did a prayer right on the spot. He talked to God. He talked to God as though God were a good buddy standing right next to him, and he conveyed the situation to God, asserting that it was high time for there to be new sidewalks and that this was surely no big deal for God. Come on, you're God. You can provide new sidewalks. Can you not? After all, with God, all things are possible, and it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He finished his prayer, declared that it was, done, it was a done deal, and then he went back into the house, and he called his children. He arranged for his sons and some of his grandchildren to break up all the concrete and haul it away. Then they had smoothed out the ground that had remained. And next they brought some two-by-fours and laid those eight-foot lengths of wood end-to-end along the outline of the walks, secured by stakes pounded into the ground. Thus they had created the forms. And when that all was finished, the man had another talk with God, confirming that he had done his part. Now God was to do the rest. I cleared it, got it ready. Isn't it interesting? But the, the mental equivalent is creating that, that form. So a week later... Lo and behold, a cement truck came down the street. And the the driver needed to turn right at the the next corner next to the man's house. But the driver was going so fast that in trying to make the turn, he turned the truck over on its side. And it would be a while before cranes could right the truck, so it became crucial to offload the cement before it hardened inside the truck's big barrel. Our homeowner simply and happily told the driver that he could just deposit that cement right where he had prepared it. And by the end of the day, the man had his new sidewalks. Now, that was a guy that was clear about what he needed, and he made the ask, and he did his part. So isn't it interesting when we set the table, when we set the the, the forms, and we trust, amazing things are possible. There's another wonderful story about... um, this whole idea. A man named Phil McCrory, back in 1998, the Exxon Valdez had the accident up there in Alaska and all the, the bay was just filled with oil. And he was at his home in Huntsville, Alabama, and he watched this. He was heartbroken. He watched the little otters being pulled out of the bay, just saturated with oil. And he looked and he thought, what can I do here? So he asked the question, what can I do? What's mine to do? I'm in Huntsville, Alabama. How can I help? This is heartbreaking to watch. And an idea landed with him. He downloaded an idea. And the idea was, as he watched the otters, he thought, look at how much oil they absorb with their fur. And now he happened to be a hairdresser. So he went down to his shop, and he gathered up all the clippings, and he talked to his wife and said, could you give me a a pair of your old pantyhose? 
which she did. She volunteered, and he stuffed the pantyhose full of hair from his clients, all the clippings. And then he went out in his backyard with the bag, the pantyhose full of uh, hair clippings. He put a wading pool out, filled it with water, and dumped a gallon of oil in it. And he threw the pantyhose in. And from that experiment, all of that oil was absorbed. And a pound of hair will absorb a gallon of oil in two minutes. Who knew? Up until that point, the fastest method they had for cleaning oil spills, it took 48 hours to absorb that much oil. That's how they had to leave things in the water. Two minutes. He called his buddy, a friend of his, and he, his friend got him in touch with the guys at NASA. Huntsville, Alabama is not that far from Florida, where NASA is headquartered. They got a hold of it. They took the, he ran the experiments with them and is now patented. It is the number one way to collect oil in an oil spill. Who knew that we're walking around right here with all this absorption material for oil spills? It's remarkable. But it's another idea. It's an example of an idea of someone saying being cracked open by something that looked tragic, which it is, and saying, what can I do? What's mine to do here? He wasn't a scientist. He was a hairdresser. But he watched the otters and said, look at that. Look at those little otters. Now, some ideas don't go as well as we plan. So what's about, up with that? I had this great idea, but it didn't work out. My, one of my ideas as a young man was I was going to go to Los Angeles and be, be an actor. I was talking to Dale, who's running our sound today for us, and, and she watched The Goonies last night. If you didn't know it, I'm in The Goonies, the movie The Goonies. I'm, it's pretty much about me. I'm reporter number two, by the way, in The Goonies, so... I always tell people, don't blink. But anyway, she was telling me all about it. So I went to, to California, and it was my dream and all this stuff. And, and so it didn't work out the way I, I planned. But what was beautiful about it is that idea and that ask changed everything for me. So many ideas will change the world. Every idea that comes to us that we embrace and embody and work with in some way has an impact. And if it's not that it, we succeed in what we think is the goal or the ultimate, but it changes us and transforms us. This is how life works. But if ideas come and we just say, oh, that's not for me, and that's not for me, and not this one, and not this one, and we just continue to not go through and listen to what our heart is calling us, then there's little chance for any of those ideas to make a difference. So honoring our ideas, our ideas and working with that infinite divine presence is so important because those ideas, when we capture them, will change us one way or another. And I'm so grateful for that. I wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing if I had not pursued that. I tell people all the time, that was my dream, but it wasn't my calling. But my, that idea, that dream prepared me for my calling. And looking back, it's easy to see that. So clear intention and a clear ask. Martin Luther King, he was so on fire with a passionate idea of justice and fairness for all people of all colors. And that's what drove him. He, that idea captured him and took him forward. Charles Holt, who was here last week, just amazing, amazing man. And so he comes and he speaks and he sings and he weaves this narrative of his own journey of the discovery and the unfolding of his artistry. This man, if he weren't here last week, is, is um, a Broadway performer. He's performed in some of the most acclaimed shows that have ever been on, the, on stage, including Broadway. But what, when you talk to Charles, he knows that people, when he interacts with people, they're moved and they're transformed. And that's his ministry. But he's on fire with it. He's on fire with that idea because he's embodied that idea. He didn't start out that way, if you heard his story. 
you know, it's possible for all of us. So that's that idea of, of the clarity of intention and the ask. But we have to ask. And sometimes when we're in the confusion, what is mine to do? What is mine to pursue? What is mine to know here? And then moving into living our true nature. I believe that all of us are scratching the surface of what we're capable of. All of us, myself included. There is so much to be discovered. So much to be discovered. I mean, we have an election on Tuesday, if anybody's been paying attention, right? We'll include that in our closing prayer. And it's, you know, and it's significant for all of us because I think many of us care deeply about this planet and the welfare of what's moving forward. And Dr. Holmes would say this, that when asked to pray for a certain outcome, he'd simply say, I'm praying for justice, praying for the highest and best for everyone concerned. But that we live in, in three realities. We live in the outer world, the inner world, and the third world, or the cosmic world. And I think it's important to understand what world we're living in sometimes. John Randolph Price said, your outer world of form is a reflection of your inner world of thoughts and feelings. We want to know how we're doing and what's going on with our consciousness? Look at our lives. It's a direct reflection. There's chaos going on in here, chaos showing up out there. And it's just the way it works. It's not right or wrong. You see, you can't do it wrong. We just do it. But we can, we can decide, is this working for me or not? Is this mode of being uh, maximizing my opportunities or not? And then we get to decide. Because people really don't care if we're in a tizzy or not for the most part. For really, in a big tizzy, they'll just stay away from us. But say you go to Safeway and you buy groceries, or wherever you go, maybe you go to Costco, maybe you go to Save, Save More or whatever you go, you go get groceries. And so you, you're, you're in your car going home. But how many of us sit there and really just drive? You talk about distracted driving. How many of us, when we get in our car, stay with the steering wheel and, and watching the road? Okay, nobody's put their hand up, so I'm assuming you probably your mind leaves. You go to your happy place, perhaps. Sometimes you come to church, you go to your happy place. But what happens is many of us will start to think about where we're going to put the groceries, or we're going to think about a conversation we need to have, or we've got to call a certain person, or we've got to do something. All of a sudden, we're no longer in the inner world, we're in the outer world. We're not present. And, it, and we all do it. We have that running conversation when I talk to so-and-so, this is what I'm going to say. So this journey in consciousness for all of us is a movement through all the developmental stages to talk about it psychologically, which is seven. There's seven developmental stages, all the way from being born up to your later years. But the interesting thing is, I think in the journey, if we're awake and aware and paying attention to what is, because there's sort of an organic process of something moving through us, if we're paying attention and in, in, in agreement with that, and have had enough of the nurturing as when we were young so that we can move through those stages effectively. See, we're here to discover our gifts and to, to, and to um, assure our survival, which are the early stages, so we can do this deeper spiritual work. To be able to take care of ourselves well enough so it frees us so we can deliver our, our gifts. And so what happens in this journey as we move along is we go from reactor from reacting all the time to creator. That's been my experience. Because things happen in our lives all the time that are unexpected. And then we react because we weren't expecting them. 
But what I find as I move along in my own journey of, of, of maturation spiritually and, and balancing my ego with my soul's needs. See, that's, when, that's one of the last stages. All of a sudden, our soul and our ego collaborate. It's not all about getting my needs met all the time. It's about what can I, what can I offer? What can I contribute? And so in that reactor, we all of a sudden go from reactor to creator. Did you know that reactor and creator have the exact same letters in it? Who thought that up? There's an idea. If you rearrange the letters in reactor, you can spell creator. I don't think it's any accident that happened. So when you find yourself reacting, I think you've got to process that. You can't just jump into creator. But at some point in time, you realize, you know, there's something for me to do or know here and move into that state of creation. Jesus demonstrated, he said what, he, what his message was, was I am here for a higher purpose, to download and to embody things that only come from the higher realms. The Father within me doeth the work. The Father and Mother God, he was talking about that, that higher realm work. And what he showed us, which I think, think is so important, is he created the space for that to happen. Created the space. To no longer be in reaction mode, we can respond, but we don't need to react because we understand who we are and whose we are. An eternal cosmic being, that perfection that lives in all of us, that some may never visit, but you and I have the opportunity to do that as we wear our poppies in honor of those people that have given their lives in service so we can have the freedom to do this. This is abundance. To have the opportunity to even consider these ideas most of, my mom and dad did not have the opportunity to even look at that. And probably your moms and dads didn't either. But this is part of their legacy, the gift that they've given us. And all of those good people that have given their lives up so that you and I can be in an environment of freedom and examine these things and to be able to download, be able to create and to ask and to move in whatever direction we're called to. That's a blessing. To be still and know that you and I are one with God. We download those higher ideas. And those ideas come when we create space. Something within you and I is growing us. A consciousness of abundance is alignment and it's resonance. There's a vibrational frequency of resonance. So here's what I'm going to invite you to do. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes for a moment. I want to, I want to create an environment and a practice that you can use wherever you are. It won't cost you anything. But if you're comfortable closing your eyes, I'll keep an eye on everybody's wallet and pocketbooks while your eyes are closed, so you should be good there. And as you close your eyes, just notice your breath. Interestingly enough, Yogananda used to say he'd take seven breaths to help ground himself and take himself down in. We probably don't need seven today because we're in a sacred space together, but just notice a couple of breaths. And as you drop into that, just allow yourself to relax Allow yourself to just simply be. Now I'm going to guide you, but if you can't follow my words, it's okay. If you're jumping around a bit, let it be okay. Don't let it be a distraction. But as you drop down into that and you feel the, the warmth of the breath and the presence and feel yourself being supported by the chair that you're in, I want you to just create in your mind's eye a beautiful environment of nature. It could be along, uh, it could be anywhere that you choose pasture full of, full of flowers, something that speaks to you, that feels like home to you, that grounds you to something real. But let that be your secret garden. 
Go through, find before you a door. Just take a moment to find a door. Open that door and enter. And the door will just close gently behind you as you walk in. And you'll see this beautiful environment before you. Whatever it is, could be a beautiful pergola. The day is beautiful. Birds are chirping. Flowers are growing. The vegetation is lush. It is the Garden of Eden. It is your Garden of Eden. And continue to stay with your breath. Grounding yourself in this moment. And because it is in your mind's eye and you're creating it, find yourself transported to this beautiful stream. All of a sudden, you just call forth a stream in your life, and at that quantum level, it is instantaneous. You don't need to walk. You're just standing on the banks of a beautiful stream. And the water is flowing beautiful. It's clear. It's pure. It is amazing. The sunlight is brilliant. And so rather than stand next to the stream and watch it go by, you find yourself very gracefully and gently in the grade that stream bed is gradual and firm and you are supported with every step but you enter that stream. Allow yourself to just enter that stream and you move into it and that stream meets you wherever you're comfortable. If it's at your knees, if it's at your waist, if it's at your chest, maybe it's all the way up to your neck but it is moving so beautifully and wonderfully and vibrantly and purely that you are not swept away by it, but you stand there. And what you find in this quantum field is that stream is moving through you. It is a quantum stream of cosmic energy that is moving through you, washing you and purifying you. and bringing to you whatever it is, whatever you're seeking. If you're seeking love, love is flowing to you in this moment and you are capturing the appropriate amount of love, what you are seeking, the ask, a sense of worthiness. Wherever you're not worthy at some level of being, this stream is providing this because this is the download from the infinite. Is it in knowing that you are the beloved with whom the Father, Mother, God is well pleased? But it is in this stream that you and I could go at any point in time to give birth to and ground ourselves in that divine human. We are both human and divine. We can go there any time, any place. And while we're in this quantum field of love and support, of clarity and purity, of life moving through us and for us, that we are capturing whatever is vital and important in this moment to restore ourselves mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, whatever it may be. Let's think about someone who has gone before us and given their life in service to freedom. These beautiful soldiers, these beautiful men and women of our armed forces, the generations that have allowed us to be here, and let us offer unconditional love for that. Let us hold together as well in this state of unconditional love and bless this election that takes place on Tuesday, knowing that God's presence is there as well as it is within us, and that the highest and best, the truth will be revealed, that whatever is important for the continued flow of life in a powerful, wonderful way, we are in support of that as a tribe of light workers. Let's bless the world. We may not like the behavior 
but it is our opportunity to always love even those that seem to be so asleep. Let us never withhold the love. So just know that you can return here anytime in the twinkling of an eye. This is your stream. This is your secret garden. And let us know, let us affirm and know that we can go there just through our breathing. That meaningful, deep breathing opens us up to the alpha state of awareness. Opens us up to that clarity, that sense of well-being. The sense that all is well despite the muchness of life. John Randolph Price writes in the Abundance book, The greater the presence of God within you, the more the presence fills your consciousness. This is the law. So when you dip into that stream and you ask and you pay attention, the right ideas show up. The clarity will emerge. So the ask will shift and change. And that is such a beautiful gift to yourself, to the world, and those we care about, to live from that true self. That's your opportunity and my opportunity because this is what gives birth to a world that works for everyone. This gentleness, this love, and this peace. And so it is.